All right, so today we are doing part four of our series, How to Fight Pride and Pursue Humility. Uh, this will probably actually be the last part, I think. Um, we're going to cover a lot today, but we can do it. So first, as we always do, let's, let's take a quick review of what we talked about last week. Uh, last week's sermon was just, um, you know, some areas that it's very important that we think of ourselves accurately in. Because humility is all about thinking of yourself accurately, but as we went over, some areas are more important for that than others. Uh, the example I gave, you know, it's, I, I think pretty accurately about what color my eyes are and my hair is. I, I think I know that, but I could still be pretty proud and think of those things accurately. But if I think about, if I think accurately about how much I need God, that's a huge step in the right direction. So there's eight areas that we talked about that we, it's, these are key areas. Like if you pursued thinking accurately in these intentionally, that would be a big step forward in pursuing humility. Um, number one is how much you need God. That one's obviously very important. Uh, we also took a look at how much we need others. That one's helpful because it's, it's hard to brag about how self-sufficient you are if you realize how much you need others. Um, we took a look at how we need to think accurately about how mature slash knowledgeable we are and how we need to know how much we have to learn and to grow. Um, and that one's very helpful because it helps you know how to pursue growing. Um, the fourth area, how important you are. Um, you know, how sinful you are, how much you deserve. We all deserve absolutely nothing. Uh, why you've succeeded, it's easy to overlook God's hand in our success. And it's... Um, I really liked the passage we looked at in Deuteronomy when God was telling Israel, you know, when you've come into the land and you've succeeded and you've got these cities and these houses and this wealth, you know, don't forget my involvement in it. Don't say to yourself, I did this by my strength. It was me. Don't become proud. Don't forget God's involvement in your success. And, you know, area number eight, not thinking too lowly of yourself. So these are key areas. This is a very helpful list of key areas uh, for thinking accurately of yourself in. <clears throat> and if you uh, missed that, please go back and re-listen to it. So today's um, sermon has two parts. The first part is how to spot pride in your own heart. And then after that, we'll do um, some helpful steps for being and staying humble. Um, but first, for how to spot pride in your own heart, there is a handout in your bulletin, you'll notice. And there's two sections I have for how to spot pride in your heart. There are um, various signs of pride. Uh, but before we get into that, I want to talk about how, you know, pride in the heart is hard to spot. Amen. Let's read Jeremiah 17, verse 9. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? A lot of times we might have pride and... Um, and our hearts want us to not think we have pride. 
we want to not realize that we're proud. It's not like our heart wants it as a separate being. Deep down in our hearts, we want to miss that we're proud. We want to not see it. We want to lie to ourselves about it. We don't want to acknowledge it. We want to justify it and say, that's not pride. We don't want to see our sin. We want to ignore it. We want to look away from it. That's what it is that, you know, that's what it means that the heart is deceitful above all things. So, um, that's why I think it's helpful to have a list of, like, signs of pride to look for, because, you know, the heart is deceitful, and it's, it can be easy, you know, everyone would just think left to ourselves, oh yeah, I'm, I'm humble, I'm, I'm not proud. You know, the human heart always assumes, without the word of God to point it in the right direction, the human heart always assumes that I'm a good person. It's the default assumption of the human heart. Yep, the Bible says they're not. I'm sorry, Daniel. <laughs> All right, so let's get into the first list. I've got 12 signs, um, general signs of, you know, pride in a person's life. So what I mean by general signs... If these things are generally a part of your life, that's a sign that you probably have a problem with pride. If these are generally part of your life, that's a sign that you probably have a problem with pride. So let's get into it. Number one, if you often have critical things to say about others, so, how does this relate to pride? Well, pride causes you to have more negative things to say about others than you otherwise would. And I think there's two reasons for that. The first one, pride causes us to not have grace for others. If you, you know, the Pharisees were very proud and they didn't have much grace for others. I think part of this is, when you see your own need for grace, it inclines you to have grace for others. If you don't see your need for grace, you probably won't have grace for others. And so when we're proud, we often don't have grace for others, which will cause us to have more negative things to say about other people than we otherwise would. The second um, reason why pride causes us to have more negative things to say about others is because you know, criticizing others sometimes makes us feel better about ourselves. It can make us feel better about, you know, our ego, our pride. Um, at least I'm not that guy. Um, you know, this is a big thing in culture, like insulting people to be cool. We think it's cool to insult people. We have batters, battles to see who can insult someone better. But, you know, criticizing others sometimes makes us feel better about ourselves. So that's, that's two reasons why pride causes you to have more critical things to say about others than you otherwise would. But the important thing is what spirit it's in. Because pride people, you know, when we're struggling with pride, 
will often like to give non-constructive criticism to people. Because everyone needs criticism, but you know, pride will incline us to have non-constructive criticism. The important thing is what spirit it's in. So there's you know, a few questions you should ask yourself before being critical of someone. The fir- foremost one is, am I saying this to help them? Or am I saying this just because I want to say this? If you're not saying this to help them, if you're just saying this just because you want to say it, that's pride. If you're criticizing someone, uh, you know, giving them criticism and you're not doing it to help them, you have no business doing it. Second thing that's helpful to ask yourself, is this actually helpful? If it's not helpful, why are you telling someone this? I want to look at Ephesians 4, verse 29. Let no corrupt talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up, as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. Only what's helpful. So, one thing that will help us in this area, when we have something critical to say to others, which is not wrong, there's definitely times to do that. Um, ask yourself, am I saying this to help them? Is that my motive? And is it actually helpful? Another thing that's helpful, is this the right time to tell them? Sometimes, um, you know, you have something that someone needs to hear, but it might not be the right time. And fourthly, do I have the right attitude? Am I saying this self-righteously out of anger? Am I just really, really mad at them? Like, get it together already. That's not the right attitude. If you're like rehearsing the conversation in your head before you tell them, and you hear that tone of voice in your head, don't talk to them. Get your attitude straightened out first. You need to have the right attitude. But that is a sign that pride might be a problem if if we often have critical things to say about others. Uh, Next one, number two. If you're always worried about what others think of you. So this is a sign of pride because it shows that you care too much what others think of you. If you're frequently worried what others think of you, then you're too focused on yourself. And not only that, but as we've talked about, you know, if you care too much what others think of you, that almost insecurity leads to pride. That's, that's a thinking about yourself. That's in your heart. Your heart is focused on you. If I walk into a room and I'm worried what everybody thinks of me, I'm not thinking about them or what they're going through or how I can help them. I'm thinking about me and what I'm going through and what I want to get out of this. And that's selfish and that's pride. So sign number two uh, that pride might be a problem in your life if you're always worried what others think of you. Number three, if in general you wish everyone else would just do things your way. 
This is an easy one to fall into. There's various reasons why this is, you know, pride. Um, but let's look at Proverbs 12:15. The way of the fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. We're going to come back to this verse a few times today. But um, so there's a number of problems with always wanting everything to be done your way. But number one is that you think your way is always right. And it's not. I'm, I'm so glad the Bible points this out. But when you think about it, it's not just that the Bible says it. It should just be logical. We all believe like thousands of things. And the odds of us being right about all of them are statistically impossible. There's no chance. Couldn't be. Since we're not right about everything, we shouldn't want everyone else to always do things our way. If we do, it shows that in our hearts, we probably think that we're right about pretty much everything. Another reason we get upset when other people don't do things our way is sometimes it's because that insults our pride. They didn't do things my way. They think I'm wrong. They think I'm an idiot. No, it can insult our pride when people choose to do things a different way other than our way. Another reason I think this is a, a sign of pride in a person's life is that it could be out of selfishness. You just want everyone, we want everyone to cater to us. And I just want things to go my way because I want it to go my way, I'll be happier. I want people to do what I want. You know, that's looking out for our own interests, not the interests of others. That might be another reason we want, always want people to do things our way. And that's the opposite of what it says in Philippians 2, 3, and 4, which we looked at last week and we'll look at again, about looking out for the interests of others, not just our own interests. So, you know, general sign of pride, number three, if you just want other people to do things your way in general. That is a major sign that you have a problem with pride. Number four, if the majority of your conversation is about yourself. If you usually direct conversations to be mostly about you instead of being balanced, then again, you're looking out for your interests primarily, not the interests of others. Let's read Philippians 2, 3, and 4. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each one of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. It doesn't say to not look to your own interests, but it says to also look to the interests of others. So conversations should be balanced. You shouldn't direct conversations to mostly be about you. And if you do, that's a sign you don't look out for the interests of others. Also, if you dominate conversations, that might be a sign. Some of that with that one depends on circumstance. Um, you know, sometimes there will be two people and one's just more talkative and the other one's really quiet and they have a good relationship, but that's just how their conversational life works. But 
But in general, if you tend to dominate most of the conversations here, that could be a sign of pride. Yeah, yeah, if the majority of your thoughts um, are about you and your life and what could be better in your life, and you don't think about how you could help other people's lives be better, then that's, you know, evidence that you're looking more to your own interests than the interests of others. Number five, if you don't like to hear correction. The Bible really talks a lot about this one. This is definitely a sign of a general problem with pride if you don't like to hear correction. So we're going to look at some verses. Uh, Proverbs 9, 7, and 8. So the Proverbs, they talk about the scoffer. And the scoffer is a person who is arrogant, and his arrogance hurts his relationships and his life, and, well, it's not very good. Um... But the scoffer is an arrogant person. Another translation of it is mocker. Um, But Proverbs 9, 7, and 8. Whoever corrects a scoffer gets himself abuse. And he who reproves a wicked man incurs injury. Do not reprove a scoffer or he will hate you. Reprove a wise man and he will love you. So, you know, proud, arrogant scoffer doesn't like rebuke hates those who rebuke him. Let's look at Proverbs 13, verse 1. A wise son hears his father's instruction, but a scoffer does not listen to rebuke. Again, in Proverbs 15, verse 12. A scoffer does not like to be reproved. He will not go to the wise. This sounds like us some days. We all have days where we do not like to be reproved and we don't want to go to the wise. If you dislike people who rebuke you, that's a sign of pride in your life. Like, just plain outright, if you dislike people who rebuke you, you have a problem with pride. The Bible teaches us to embrace correction. Let's look at Proverbs 12, verse 1. Whoever loves discipline, at least one translation says whoever loves correction, but whoever loves discipline loves knowledge. But he who hates reproof is stupid. And again, Proverbs 12, 15. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. So the Bible teaches us to embrace correction. And if you don't like embracing correction, specifically, you know, we all have struggles with not wanting to embrace correction, but you can choose to. You can choose to do it even while not liking it. Because that's, you know... We've all got to grow out of this, and the way to grow out of it, you kind of got to push through it by God's grace. You're not going to wake up one day and, ooh, I want to be corrected today. (laughs) Today's the day. I feel like it now. (laughs) It's never going to happen. 
if you don't like correction, you're not going to like correction tomorrow. You have to choose to simply listen to it and to evaluate it and to take it and to not um, backlash at it. It's a choice, but if, you, if it's not enjoyable today, it won't be enjoyable tomorrow. But if you start embracing it today, it might be enjoyable a few months from now. But change happens by choice. General sign of pride number six. If you're always feeling sorry for yourself. Someone might think, well, what does that have to do with pride? But people who are always, if we're always feeling sorry for ourselves, then we're always thinking about ourselves. This kind of has to do with what Daniel was saying. But, um, you know, if you're always feeling sorry for yourself, you're always thinking about your own problems. But if you really thought about other people and the problems they go through, you wouldn't always feel sorry for yourself. Other people have it worse than you. Not everyone, you have it worse than some people, but there's plenty of people who have it worse than you. Not only that, but if we always feel sorry for ourselves, then we're probably entitled. And entitlement is a form of pride. Entitlement is thinking that I deserve something and I deserve to be catered to by others. That's thinking I, others are here to serve me, not the other way around. Not only is that wrong because it reverses your relationship with others, but as we got to last time, we all deserve nothing. Absolutely nothing. So entitlement is a form of pride. And if we're always fearing, feeling sorry for ourselves, that, that's connected to entitlement. If you thought accurately about what you're entitled to, you'd be thankful just to be alive. So general sign of pride number six, if you're always feeling sorry for yourself. Number seven, if when you see others stumble morally, you get mad and think to yourself, I would never have done that. Or if when you see others stumble morally, you just have desire for them to be punished and you have no desire for mercy. That's a big sign of pride. People who see their need for grace intuitively have grace for others. The classic example of this is the Pharisees, I think. The Pharisees did not see that they had need for grace. And they had no grace for others. But if you meet someone who really understands how much they need grace, almost always they intuitively show grace to others. If, you, if we feel this way towards others, that when we see them stumble, we just have this attitude, I can't believe they did that. I would never have done that. What, how could they? That's probably pride. You know, it's by God's grace that we haven't gone farther in sin than we have. We looked in the, um, 
in the how much we need God section of the last sermon, uh, God protects us from our stupidity. And we often don't see it. If it weren't for God's grace, we'd be further in sin than we are now, assuredly. So we should not think to ourselves when we see others stumble. I can't believe they did that. I would never do that. This is a... You know, that's... That attitude is a sign of pride. Instead, we should, we should want, um, you know, whatever situation is to be handled correctly, but we should have desire for them to have mercy, to receive mercy, if possible. general sign of a problem of pride number eight. If you hate to ask people for things. So, if you hate to ask people for things, I think odds are it's a struggle of pride. It can go the other way as well if you always are asking people for things. But, um, but odds are, if you hate to ask people for things, it's because you don't want to accept help from others. And that's a sign of pride. If we thought of ourselves accurately, we'd realize we need help from others. And if we need help from others, when we need it, we should be willing to ask for it, especially within the church, because we're a family. You know, we looked at earlier, the, you know, the scoffer won't go to the wise. The, um, the implication is that a wise person would go to the wise. The wise person is going to ask for help. He's going to ask for advice. If we always hate to ask other people for things, that's a sign that we don't want to accept help from others. Or we don't want to admit we need help from others. But it could also be out of insecurity, not wanting to be a burden. But, you know, even that, that usually comes out of focusing on yourself too much. Because if you thought accurately and you weren't overly focused on yourself and you thought about other people, you know, your brothers and sisters in Christ, you'd think they're my brother and sister in Christ. They want to help me. God has called them to. But if you only think about yourself, you'll think, oh no, I'll be a burden. Uh, they're too busy. It's not worth it. But you're, not actually, you're too caught up in yourself if you think that. You're only thinking about yourself from the view of your insecurities. You need to break out of that and f see what others think by looking at life through their perspective. But also, if you're always asking people for favors all the time, that could be a sign that you think about your own interests more than the interests of others. So, if you hate to ask people for things, that might be a sign you have a struggle of pride. But if you're always asking people for things, that's probably also a sign that you have a struggle of pride. Number nine. I'd like to think this one would be obvious, but um, it's actually, it can be easy to miss. If you think you're better than others. So... Big surprise, this is a sign of pride. <laughs> if you think you're better than others, you have issues with pride. And this should be obvious, but it's worth pointing out anyways. 
Because sometimes thoughts like this can be sneaky. I think a good example is, you know, someone who really knows the Bible, and they think intellectually, um, you know, well, the Bible says we're all equal, you know, we're all equal. But in their hearts, they feel like they're better than other people because they know so much of the Bible. Sometimes it's easy to not realize what we think in our hearts. So, I feel like it's worth pointing out, if you think you're better than others, not only that, I've, I've met people who genuinely think they're better than others, and they think it's not pride, because they think they're right. We can become that far deceived. I want to, this applies to groups, too. If you think your group is better than others, then um, that's a sign of pride. Number 10. Now, this one's important. It's, people, it's easy to misunderstand this one. But if you get really mad when others wrong you, that's a sign of pride. It's a sign that you have an issue with pride. So I want to ex- take the time to really explain this. So one principle of justice is the more important someone is, the more wrong it is to do something wrong against them. Humans intuitively get this. That's why in Most cultures where they have had kings, doing something wrong to the king is punishable by death. Because we intuitively know the more important someone is, the more wrong it is to do something wrong against them. And that's why sin of God is worthy of death. Because God's infinitely important. This This is a true principle of justice. The more important someone is, the more wrong it is to do something against them do something wrong against. But that's why justice is equal for humans, because no human is more important than another. But this is a true principle. This is why sin against God is as big of an issue as it is. But because we intuitively get this, if we feel like we're more important than others, we'll get unusually mad when others wrong us. I want to look at the example of Lamech. Let's turn to Genesis chapter 4, 17 through 24. Cain knew his wife, and she conceived and bore Enoch. When he built a city, he called the name of the city after his son Enoch. To Enoch was born Irod, Irod fathered Mahujael, and Mahujael fathered Mephishim. Uh, and Methushahel fathered Lamech. And Lamech took two wives. The name of one was Ada, and the name of the other was Zillah. Ada bore Jabel, and he was the father of those who dwell in tents and have livestock. His brother's name was Jubel, and he was the father of all who play the lyre and pipe. Zillah also bore tubal He was a forger of all instruments of bronze and iron. The sister of tubal was Nama, Anyways, this is the gist of what we're going for. Lamech said to his wives, Ada, Zillah, hear my voice, you wives of Lamech. Listen to what I say. I have killed a man for wounding me, and a young man for striking me. Other translations more clearly say, I've killed a boy for hitting me. If Cain's revenge is sevenfold, then Lamech's is seventy-sevenfold. 
he clearly felt very self-important. And he felt justified in killing someone for hitting him. So justice would say, someone hits me, they get hit. That's what justice would be. But if I'm more important than others, and somebody else hits me, they deserve to die. If we think we're more important than others, we'll get more angry than we otherwise would when people do wrong things against us. Because anger is just an emotional response to perceived injustice. It might be actual injustice, it might not be, but anger is an emotional response to perceived injustice. And if we have an overinflated sense of our own importance, we'll get really mad at others when they're on us. Because we'll perceive it as more wrong than it actually is. So if you get really mad when others wrong you, that's a sign of pride. It's a sign that you have a problem with pride in your life. And just know, anger issues and pride go hand in hand. Question. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it does. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar, God called him out on his pride later on in his life. Nebuchadnezzar was a very proud person. And you know, it's my way or the highway. <laughs> he would frequently have people killed for not doing things his way. He was very self-important. But yeah, if we, if we get really mad when others wrong us, that's a clear sign of issues with pride. Uh, number 11, if we frequently blame others for problems in our lives. So, you know, pride causes us to not want to admit our own faults. And... Um, one way that plays out is causing us to want to blame others. Not only that, but entitlement will tempt us to do this. If we're entitled, we'll think other people are responsible to solve our problems. Therefore, if our problems aren't solved, it's somebody else's fault, because they were supposed to fix it. If you frequently blame others for problems in your life, that's a sign of pride. I need to move through these a little bit quicker. Um, number 12. <clears throat> if we're unwilling to submit to others. Let's take a look at 1 Peter 5, 5 and 6. Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. 
Humber yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so at the proper time he might exalt you. So we see a close connection between humility, humbling ourselves, and submission. Another place we see this is in Philippians 2, 5, and 8. Uh, Let's turn there. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. When Christ submitted to the Father, that was him humbling himself. And if we refuse to submit to others, or if we hate to do so, if we you know, greatly disdain the idea, if we really don't like it, then that means we really don't want to humble ourselves. And that's a sign of pride. Proud, you know, when we're proud, we don't want to be told what to do. And we don't want to acknowledge that there's people over us. Submission is a sign of humility. So this next section, so those were 12 general signs of pride. If those are general things going on in your life, that's a sign that you probably have a problem with pride. But these next six are very specific. These are specific, and if you ever notice yourself doing this at all, then it's definitely pride in that moment. It's like out of pride a person would do these or feel these way. So six specific signs of pride. Number one, if you get upset when other people get praised or when they get attention. If you catch yourself getting upset when somebody else gets praised for something, that's jealousy. That's jealousy for the honor they're receiving, and that's pride. If we were humble, we'd care about the interests and honor of others, not just ourselves, and we'd be happy for them. Let's take a look at 1 Corinthians 12.26. Paul talking to the Corinthians about the body of Christ. If If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, if one is honored, all rejoice together. So if when other people get praised and receive attention, we're mad. And it can be easy to like not even notice it. Like somebody else gets praised for something at work and like in a quick flash of a few seconds, you start to feel angry about it. It can be easy to not even pay attention, not even realize you're feeling upset about it. But like that's definitely a sign of pride. That is pride. There's no reason apart from pride to be upset that somebody else is getting attention or getting praised. Number two, with specific signs of pride, if it hurts to apologize to someone. If we are genuinely at fault for something, we should be willing to admit it. But pride does not want to admit faults. Pride's embarrassed to admit faults. There's no good reason for it to hurt to apologize to someone for something you actually did. So that's a specific sign of pride. Number three, specific signs of pride. If you're motivated to do a good deed, and then you find out others won't see it or appreciate it, and you lose motivation, 
This happens to me occasionally. This is why you got to watch out. You know, Proverbs 4.23 says, watch over your heart with all diligence, because from it flow the springs of life, or everything flows out of your heart. You got to kind of pay attention to your feelings and what's in your heart, because it's easy. It could be easy to not look to overlook this if you're not paying attention. But sometimes we're, we're wanting to do a good deed, do something nice for someone, then we realize others won't see it or won't care, and then we lose motivation. That's totally a sign of pride. There's no reason that would happen to you unless you were somewhat motivated to do it out of pride. Good question. Yeah. Um, so, when uh, we find ourselves with wrong motivation attitudes, I guess, um, what, what would you say is the best way to kind of overcome those things in the moment and then over time? Because I know Paul, Paul uh, talks about in um, one of the epistles how uh, other uh, Christians are trying to uh, preach the gospel out of jealousy, but he's just glad that it, it's getting preached. Yeah. Um, if we find ourselves in that sort of situation, how would you recommend we go about so what I do when this happens to me, if I'm motivated to do something and then I realize others won't see it um, or appreciate it, and if I lose motivation, then for one thing, it's good that you got to see that cause, you know, God's being gracious to you and allowing you to see your pride, but that's an opportunity to push through it. So number one, you can choose to do it anyways, and that's a good step both in the moment and for long-term getting over it. But specifically, it's worth it to like mentally choose, to kind of purposefully position your heart and say, I'm going to do this anyways because I'm choosing to not care that it won't be noticed or appreciated. You can choose to not care, or you can be purposeful about it. You can say to yourself, I'm doing this because it's worth it, because it benefits the other person. And even though my I don't feel good about not getting noticed, I'm choosing to do it anyways, and the reason I'm choosing to do it is because it benefits that person. So that's how I would handle that. Again, with all these specific signs of pride, there are opportunities to grow in humility. And we should see them not as like, oh, I failed, but as an opportunity to grow in humility. But, um, you know, if a losing motivation, when we realize it won't be noticed or appreciated, that can happen in anything. It can happen in giving, serving, praying, sharing the gospel. But I think it's helpful, you know, to test ourselves in this occasionally. Um, you know, Matthew 6, 1 through 4, let's take a look at it. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret, and your Father who sees what's in secret will reward you. So I don't think this passage means that, you know, we always need to do everything in secret, because 
you know, Jesus and Paul didn't. You know, Jesus healed people publicly. Sometimes there's reason to do something that's not in secret. Sometimes you can encourage others to give by letting them know that you give. But you should always at least occasionally purposefully do something that won't be noticed because it's a good opportunity to pay attention to your heart to see, am I getting upset that this isn't noticed? You should test yourself in this. You should be purposeful about now and then just testing yourself in this. And if, if you do notice that you're upset that others aren't noticing, you know, that's opportunity to do something about that. Specific um, signs of pride number four. When someone else scores a point or solves a problem and you feel a little upset because it wasn't you who did. You know, back when I played basketball as a little kid, I wasn't very good at it, so I would never score points. It would always be someone else, and I would often feel a little upset. But you know, this kind of thing can happen in anything. Like, someone else solves a problem at work. It can happen with leading people to Christ. Um, you know, it can happen with serving in a certain area. But not only is that pride, but it conflicts with the idea that we're a team. You know, especially if it's happening in the church. Like uh, the verse Kyle said where Paul was glad that even though some of the people preaching Christ actually weren't on his team, they were doing it uh, to make him mad. But he was just glad that the gospel's being preached. When someone else is doing something positive, we should just be glad that it's being done. We should be happy about it. You know, kind of like Moses, when Joshua um, said, oh, Moses, these other people are prophesying, and God's Spirit is on them. You should do something about it. And he said, oh, I wish God's Spirit was on everyone. Mm -hmm. So would you say that something like that would be, uh, an example of that today would be like some of the charismatic movements? Maybe, I don't know what specifically you're referring, but we only have four minutes left, so uh, we can get back to that if we have time. I won't be able to finish this entire thing today. Um, but that's point number four. Point number five, specific signs of pride number five. If you get an idea to do something nice for someone, and you hope no one else does it before you, because you want to be the one to do it. You know, this, like I said, this is why you've got to pay attention to what's going on in your heart, because it's easy to fall into this. Like, this happened to me earlier this week, or last week. But this is, like, messed up. We should, we should just be glad that something nice is being done for someone. We should not care whether or not it's us who does it. So if you ever get the idea to do something nice for someone, and you find yourself hoping no one else does it before you, you know that that's pride. <laughs> and this is easy to fall into. This probably happens to everyone sooner or later. A specific area, specific signs of pride number six. If you get a little upset when you realize something went well because of God and not because of you. This is real. This happens to me sometimes. Like sometimes... Um, I'll be going about my day and I'll be like, oh yeah, that went well because of prayer, not because of anything well that I did. 
And like, I feel a bit upset about it for like a second or two, because it's a shot to my pride. But when that happens, like, I'm glad I see it, because it's an opportunity to grow, and I immediately do something about it. When <clears throat> Whenever that happens, I immediately pray, God, please continue to help me further in this thing, and please make it succeed more than it has, and please be glorified and get all the glory for it. Like, if you ever notice yourself being upset about this, that's an opportunity to push through it, to get past it by God's grace. But if we desire honor more than we desire God's help, that's the problem, because we'd always be better off with God's help than we would with honor. So if you, if you notice these things, these signs of pride, you know, these are opportunities. We, can, we should confess them and we should repent, but we should see them as opportunity. We can choose to be humble. Humility is a choice. Humility is something we have to pursue, and anyone can do it. Anyone can be humble by God's grace. Don't think of humility as something you can't have because if I were humble, I'd be proud about it, and therefore, you know, I can't be humble. It's just way out there somewhere. I'll never get to it. Like, I used to feel that way about humility. Not that I'd never get to it, but it's some really hard-to-obtain thing that's, like, way out there. These are opportunities to humble ourselves. We shouldn't become really discouraged if we see these. We should thank God for opening our eyes to our pride and for the opportunity to pursue humility. <clears throat> um, so I had a whole section, like, helpful tips for being and staying humble. But I guess we're going to have to do another part to this series, because it is 1020. So I'm going to close in prayer. Dear Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this time to hear from your word. We thank you that you open our eyes to see our pride. <clears throat> and we pray that you would continue to open our eyes to our pride. We pray that when we see it, we wouldn't become overwhelmingly discouraged, but we'd remember your grace and we'd see it as opportunity to grow and to grow closer to you by being more humble. And we pray that we'd be happy to grow um, and grow closer to you. We pray that we would really pursue humility, and, um, and we pray that you'd just give us grace in these areas. And we thank you for your grace and for your empowerment. Amen.